Oregon basketball almost had another giant killing weekend. I mean, right, right there. Very, very close, but came up just a little bit short. The men against Arizona, the women against Stanford. Thoughts and fallout from all of that and where Oregon basketball stands here at the end of February. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster and lifelong Oregon Ducks fan. Thank you for making this your first listen, or if you're watching on YouTube, your first view of the day. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks every single weekday. Remember to like and subscribe wherever you are listening. Like and subscribe to the channel if you're watching on YouTube. Drop a nice comment. Always love to see those on Apple Podcasts, where you should leave a five-star review as well. All of that sort of stuff, you should know the drill by now, though I've only been hosting the show for really just a few months. Feels like it's been a little bit longer, hasn't it? Because so much has been going on, hit the ground running right when Dan Lanning was getting hired for Oregon football, and they have been having a lot of things happen ever since then. A lot of talk about Chase Coda on yesterday's pod, but today we're all basketball today, and Oregon basketball almost repeated something they did earlier. Remember that glorious weekend when Oregon beat top five USC, top five UCLA, and then the women beat UConn? By the way, Oregon women's basketball back in the top 25. Love to see that. Also the only team in the country with a winning streak against UConn, at least last time I checked. So that's pretty cool. But remember that weekend? I do. I was there. It was grand. It was glorious. It was fantastic in so many ways. And they almost did it again. I mean, it was right there for the taking both games. They got so close that not beating top five teams felt like a disappointment because of how the games actually played out. And I've done this with basketball games before. I will do it again going forward. I wrote down some pregame thoughts about kind of what my mindset was going into that Oregon men's game against Arizona. and. I said, if they win, first of all, and this would have been the most important thing, it would have been the best prediction in the history of the Locked on Ducks podcast, maybe in the history of any podcast ever, from my guest from last week, Mike Black, who is a co-host of Ducks and Dogs. He came on for the first time and said, I think they're going to lose to Arizona State and beat Arizona. And that would have been pretty awesome. That That would have been... Pretty, pretty awesome because it was that close to coming true. But now that the Ducks lose that game, it's got to be 3-0 against the ranked teams if if an at-large is possible. You know, uh, or well, there's two ranked teams left. It's really got to be 4-0 most likely if, if, if they had lost that game, which of course they did. And the other thought I had going in was, can they shoot the ball better? which they did. I mean, at one point in the game against Cal, they were like two of 16 from beyond the arc, and that's not going to get it done, including against a bad Cal team that had lost 10 of 11 games. But this was this game against Arizona, it, it was especially frustrating for a couple of reasons, which I'll get to later, but let's focus on the positives. They had a 12-point lead at one point in the first half against the third-ranked Arizona Wildcats in a rowdy 
environment. That was a big crowd. That is an awesome place for a college basketball game. For all the faults and shortcomings the Pac-12 Conference has on the football side, on basketball, they blow it out of the water in a lot of ways. They really do. I mean, UCLA has great crowds. USC can have some good ones. Those Arizona fans are fantastic. Oregon fans are good. Just some phenomenal environments to to call games for announcers and for guys to play in. But I, I think we can also put to rest, you know, when, when Oregon beat UCLA and USC back-to-back, and some people said, well, they didn't have any fans. You're still playing the same team. You're still playing away from home. You're still traveling. And look, they went to a team in Arizona that's better than the other two aforementioned L.A. schools, and they almost beat them. So I think we can safely put that to bed. Fans, no fans. Oregon was winning those those games, especially the USC one. They outplayed them from the jump. But a couple of thoughts on, on the game. Jacob Young is a guy I was excited about when he came to Oregon because I remember watching his brother, Joe Young, and brothers are just often very similar. It's just the way that those sorts of things work out, and there are similarities in their games, but Joe is definitely the, the better player than Jacob, and I'm not I'm not going to crush Jacob Young here because he, he had some good plays in this one, and his steal and score late in the game kept the Ducks in it. They were down three with 40 seconds, looking for a stop, and all of a sudden, Jacob Young pokes the ball away and, and goes down and lays it in. There are just some moments when I watch him play where he's got to be smarter with the ball and or his shot selection. It, it seems like the turnovers he commits, which are too high of a number as it is, they come at the worst moments, it seems. And that combined with the poor shot selection at, at times can just be a little bit frustrating to watch. And, and it is especially annoying as a fan because I know how talented he is. We all do. If you've watched him, you know he's a talented guy. He can get inside, create his own shot, knock down some threes. He is a well-rounded player. He just needs to be able in the, in these handful of moments throughout the game to be a little bit smarter with the basketball. But, you know, Will Richardson shot the ball well in this game. He had 22 points on 7 of 15 shooting. It was only 2 of 6 from beyond the arc. I wish there had been a 7th three-point attempt there at the end of the game. We're just going to agree to not talk about that. But how about Quincy Garrier in this game? He played exceptionally well. And I'll tell you why. And who was really the key for Oregon in this game against Arizona and could be going forward as they close out the season after I tell you that uh, football might be over for the season, but basketball, it is in full swing. And for all the latest odds, props, bets, player performance, everything you could want to where the next head coach, next fired head coach is going, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. It's the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball, betonline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This game against Arizona had so many good things, and Quincy Garrier was one of them. He had, look, I don't want to be dramatic here. I, I, I don't want to you know be the guy who comes on with all the hot takes, so I'll just put it accurately for what I saw from Quincy Garrier in this game against Arizona. He looked a little bit like LeBron James. <laughs> it's being, uh, some of the shots he was hitting were ridiculous. I mean, when LeBron's shot is working, he's just hitting these ridiculous shots. And Gary, it wasn't all spot-up threes. There were a couple of them off of nice nice dishes from the guards. I think Jacob Young had five assists in this game. Richardson had had a couple, of course. But it reminds me of something my brother said years ago. When LeBron was on the Heat and the Heatles, you know, with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, he had this line one time that I thought summed it up perfectly about LeBron James. He said, oh, LeBron is making his jump shots. It's one of those sorts of games. And he said that in one of the NBA Finals games against the Spurs, and the Heat went on to win because LeBron was making his jump shots. And that's just kind of how it is with Quincy Garrier. When his jumper is on, it is on, and it makes Oregon really tough to stop because he is a, a dynamic athlete that is able to create off the dribble and hit some really contested fallaway threes. He had this one, I think, where the Ducks were down four at one point in the second half. And right as he shot it, I thought, man, that's just another bad shot. Oh, my gosh, he made it. Look at that. <laughs> it was one of those days he hit the three to get the Ducks within one from the logo, like 20 seconds left before they had to foul somebody or within within two, I think, and then Arizona split one and one at the at the free throw line and then we were down three couldn't get a three-point shot off sadly but he had 21 points he was six of 11 from from distance some of those shots were tough they, they were just tough and though this was a loss it was unquestionably one of the best all-around games Oregon has played this year and I've said on the show before Quincy Garrier is the x factor for the Oregon offense when he is off it's a lot harder for Oregon to score points but when he's making shots it flows a lot better, and other guys seem to be able to get open looks as a result. That is what happened unquestionably in this game. But the real MVP, the the actual real MVP of this basketball game against Arizona was Enfali Dante. He was so awesome, and he's been a highly rated recruit who we've just been waiting in the wings to see the potential and you know see him get consistent playing time, stay healthy, all that sort of stuff. He was awesome. 13 points, 15 rebounds, six of which were offensive. He was everywhere impacting this game, contesting shots. He didn't have a block shot. Actually, Eric Williams had the only block shot of this game for the Ducks, but he was influencing shots at the rim. Arizona had some wild looks at the rim that, that really shouldn't have been. They were relatively routine layups or, or bunnies that they just didn't convert because Dante was there impacting shots, roaming, and they felt his presence 100%. So he played great. Frank had some nice minutes, but this was a this was an Enfali Dante game, and that was really big to see. And if Oregon is going to finish the season strong, they've got four games left. Dante's got to be doing what he did there. Oregon doesn't need him to be someone who goes out and scores 20, 25 points and you know, is dominating at the offensive end. He needs to be capable at that end finishes opportunities when he has them, but he has to rebound well, create second chance opportunities and contest shots at the rim. That's what he did in this game. And when he and Gary are playing like that, Oregon, as we saw, can literally play with anyone in the country. I mean, that is 
as difficult of a college basketball game as you can have in the entire country at number three, Arizona, who is a really good team, probably a one seed in the NCAA tournament. You're playing them with a packed house going nuts on ESPN. Dan Shulman and Jay Billis, one of my favorite broadcasting tandems on the call. That's a really awesome game. And it was a fantastic college basketball game. It's just unfortunate Oregon couldn't get the win because the opportunities were there. They had the individual performances. They had a seven-point lead early in the second half that they let slip away. They had moments, but when they needed the big shot down the stretch, they just weren't falling. And I felt that there were times where the offense was, was just settling. You know, they would get down two and they can tire take the lead and they jack up a 25-footer with 15 seconds on the shot clock. And they were getting inside really effectively. And then they just wouldn't do that for some stretches. And that was one thing that made it, you know, a little bit of a, of a frustrating effort to watch. But speaking of that, our head coach, Dana Altman, had a very honest, very open quote in, in the postgame press conference. And he was talking about how he was frustrated that his team doesn't give this sort of effort every night. And he said that it must be frustrating for fans to watch. That is the truth. It is because Oregon lost to Cal and lost to uh, who's the, uh, the Colorado game at home. That was bad. Those are just not games that this team should lose with the amount of talent experience uh, that's on the roster. They just shouldn't. And when you see them go on the road and compete with number three Arizona like this, take them down to the wire, almost give them their first home loss of the season. That is infuriating. It is. If you've been frustrated watching Oregon basketball this year, you have had every right to be. I have been frustrated sometimes because of the decision-making in critical moments, because of the effort level against the cows and Arizona states of the world. I, I mean, that was the other game I kind of forgot a moment ago. I'm sure some of you picked up on the fact that I was blanking for a sec, but it came to me, so that's okay. It's just knowing that the potential is that It's one thing if the team is showing these glimpses but doesn't have the potential and you kind of know that and you say boy if they could just get over the hump they just need to be able to do this that the other thing but maybe they're missing a piece or two this team as a college basketball unit is really not missing anything they've got veteran experienced guard play they've got athleticism they could maybe use another wing i think when eric williams is playing well off the bench that helps them a lot because he's a bigger body out there he's you know six 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 seven or so but I, I just think that when you see them play with a top five team on the road with the fans screaming at them, take them down to the wire, you think, man, how do you lose by 20 to Arizona State? How are you down 20 to Cal when Cal is not good? That's a frustrating thing to watch as a fan. And I, I just, it was such a refreshingly honest comment from Dana Altman. You know, coach speak is a very real term. That is something coaches do all the time. And if you hear guys talk, then you might say, ah, well, that's just coach speak. Ah, he's just kind of saying that because he doesn't want to be provocative or he just wants to get through the interview of the press conference, whatever the case may be. But he said what we were all thinking. And I will get to more on, on why this is just so unbelievably true. Dane Allman hit the nail on the head. But first, I want to tell you this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for you to know what auto parts 
uh, the, the store you're going to actually has and which ones you need. And there's all these questions. Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And, you know, then you have to wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand the, their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers at your house, which means you have access to rockauto.com. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. So this Dana Altman quote, I just thought was so nice to hear because, you know, it's the same sort of feeling when someone in the media show you follow, maybe this one perhaps, echoes what you say, right? When someone else feels the way that you are feeling and says what you are thinking, it's it's validating. It gives you that, gives you that sense of, yeah, man, that's right. That is exactly how it is. And he, he said he wished that the, this team would give that sort of effort that they gave against Arizona every night. Yes, 100%. Yes, true, accurate, factual. Put in whatever word you want there to say that that's the way it should be because there's no reason this team can't play like that every single night. And, it, and it's so infuriating to watch a team that has the potential, has the talent to be really good, just play down to their competition. Uh, I mean, that's just not something that should happen. And it's frustrating. It is. But unfortunately, we as Duck fans have been dealing with it for the last couple months. I mean, in what universe, when you look at the recruiting classes, the talent on the roster, should Oregon football have been in close games with a one-win Arizona team or a team in Cal that had only won one game at the time? They ended up winning five, but... You know, they, they were not playing very good football. Why should those games at Autzen Stadium be even close? They shouldn't be, but they were because it's the mental component of sports. Teams just sometimes have a tendency to play down to their competition. And to me, it's a sign of a team that is not ready to win at a high level or is just not going to be able to win at a high level. You have to be able to bring it against every opponent, no matter who it is, no matter if it's Arizona State or if it's Cal or if you're up 25 against Colorado, you can't have that let up mentality. And it's a frustrating thing to watch as a fan. And I'm sure as a head coach, it is as well, because the way that they played from the jump, they were in this game from the get go. There was not, you know, a big run they used in the middle of it. Oregon controlled a good chunk of this game. Arizona drew even later. And then the Wildcats ultimately got the win. At the end, that's really what it was. Oregon was up 12 at one point in the first half. They jumped out to an early lead, but they were playing with, with, with the, the sort of fight, the grit, tenacity, almost the desperation that this team should have. And we started to see it when they won 10 of 11 games. We thought it would just continue. And then it didn't. And that has been a disappointing thing to see because I think what happened is mentally the team got to a point where they thought, okay, we know how to play well and we can do that. So they thought it would just kind of come to them naturally. Whereas when they won 10 of 11, beat USC and beat UCLA and had all those other wins, there was an urgency to the way they played. And they showed that again 
on Saturday against Arizona, but they have to be able to bring that on a nightly basis because of where they are. They are they were the first four out, according to Joe Lenardi. And if you go to anyone else for bracketology, let me just tell you, you are doing it wrong. They were one of the first four out going into Saturday against Arizona. So they if they had won that game, and Oregon, I, I'm sure the players knew that. If they'd won that game, they would have been squarely inside the field of 68 going into March Madness for an at-large bid and not having to get the automatic bid from winning the Pac-12 Conference Tournament, which is going to be tremendously difficult, though not impossible. Oregon has indeed done it before. But the, the other thing that bothers me about what I just said is this loss does not hurt you as much as a win would have helped you. So if Oregon had just beaten Cal and Arizona State the way they should have, I mean, neither game was particularly close, which is just weird to think about and frankly inexcusable. Those two games, if they win those two games and lose this game against Arizona, they're still in a position where they would be an at-large team. I, I am very confident in that. And even with four games to go, It's not impossible for them to get back into the at-large discussion. You have to beat both USC and UCLA. I I really believe that. And they can't, if they go 500 down the stretch, you know, two and two, all all bets are off. It'll be PAC 12 tournament or, or not, or NIT that that'll be the reality for, for Oregon men's basketball. So it was almost a great weekend for Oregon basketball. Almost. They were right there. So close, but close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. And especially in college basketball, unlike college football, where, you know, if you lose a game, how you lose matters in terms of your ranking and kind of where you stand, how you feel about the team in college basketball. Do you want to get into the tournament? It's just about wins and losses. Doesn't matter how it looks. Doesn't matter what the score is. Just matters what that end result is in Oregon. Unfortunately, couldn't get the one that they needed. Still have time. Two weeks left in the regular season. You got two ranked teams at home. If you get both wins there, Oregon's in a good spot. You get two wins against USC and UCLA and one against the Washington schools and then win a couple games the Pac-12 tournament. They could be okay, but the at-large, the, the hopes of an at-large are not dead yet, but they are definitely on life support at this point in the season. Uh, real quick wrapping up today. The women are back in the top 25, which is great. They almost beat Stanford. I mean, they, well, let's be honest. They should have beaten Stanford. They were up six with about two and a half minutes to go. And then Haley Jones for Stanford just kind of took over. And that was, that was all she wrote because Oregon wasn't able to get the win, wasn't able to hit big shots late. They were, again, right there. Should have won in position, just were not able to finish over those final couple minutes. But the women should be able to get in the tournament, no problem. If they're in the top 25 at this point, I, I'm, I'm confident they will be just fine. The men, on the other hand, we're just we're taking it game by game by game and sweating it out for it for the last couple of weeks of the regular season. But I'll be with you here through it all, no matter what. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.